do not be afraid. Those are the words that Jesus spoke. Did you notice that in verse 10 of our reading this morning? Do not be afraid. I love the fact that the Bible includes the phrase, do not be afraid. It's actually written twice in our scripture reading today. The angel says it once, and Jesus says it once, do not be afraid. I love the fact that the Bible communicates that message to us. If the Bible is what Christians believe that it is, a love letter written from the creator of the whole universe to us, his creation. I love the fact that God would include in that love letter the phrase, the idea, the concept that we don't have to live in fear. Do not be afraid, it says. If it only said it these two times in this one paragraph, that would be amazing that the God of the universe would tell us we don't have to live in fear. Do not be afraid. There are other religions and governmental systems and institutions that want their people to live in fear. But not the Bible. It says it here two times. It says it even more than two times in the Bible. If it said it throughout the course of the entire Bible, Old Testament to New, if it said it 10 different times, that'd be a pretty clear message from God, wouldn't it? It'd be like the Ten Commandments. We wouldn't forget it. Do not be afraid. The Bible says it even more than 10 times. Does anybody here know how many times the Bible says to not be afraid? Anybody? 365. If you include all the phrases that say, do not be afraid, do not fear, do not worry, do not let your hearts be troubled. If you include all of those types of phrases, those phrases appear 365 times. It's actually 366. I think God knows about the leap year that we face. Isn't that amazing? The one who created the galaxies and the solar system in which we live, knowing that our planet would rotate 365 times on its axis for every one time it went around the sun, one for every day of the year. God is sending us a clear message through his word. You don't have to be afraid. Has that message been received? God wants us to receive it clearly. And yet, when I look around at our world, I see a lot of fear. And if I'm being honest with you this morning, when I look into my own heart, there's fear there as well. Yet God says, do not be afraid. So how might we live in this commandment, in this instruction from God, how might we live with less fear? Well, what we're going to do this morning is look to the word. We're going to look to this word, this clear message from God to learn a little bit about how we might live with less fear because the answer is in today's story. We might think when we open the word, when we hear a message like that, so clearly repeated and communicated, do not be afraid, we might expect that the Bible would say, there's nothing to fear. There's nothing scary out there but the Bible doesn't say that. Look with me at verse one of our reading. If you've already put away your program, open it back up. We're going to dive into this word together to encounter this God communicating to us, do not be afraid. Verse one. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Toward the dawn. 
toward the dawn. What that means is that it's still dark outside. It's been said that the darkest part of the night is right before the dawn. That's where this scene begins, toward the dawn. And where are these two women walking? They're looking, it says, for a tomb. Two women walking in the dark night in a cemetery. If you were a movie director and you wanted to form a scene that would communicate to the audience, this is a fearful situation. You might have two women walking in the dark in a cemetery. That's where our story begins today. It sounds like a fearful situation, doesn't it? Not only is the scene fearful for them, they know that they might at any moment encounter Roman guards. Picture a Roman guard with all of their armor, all of their toughness. Now picture what those women had witnessed just a couple of days before, what those Roman guards had done to their friend, Jesus. They might be wondering in this dark cemetery, if we encounter one of those Roman guards, are we next? This is a fearful situation. We're only in the first verse. Verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Wow. Not only is it dark, not only are we in a cemetery, not only are we wondering, are we next? Are we going to be harmed by these Romans? Now the earth beneath our feet is shifting. This is a fearful situation. Do you know that feeling? When you're already feeling uncertain, and then it feels like the earth beneath your feet is shifting. I remember one year ago. Do I need to remind us all what was happening one year ago today? It felt to me like the earth was shifting beneath my feet. Everything was changing so fast. A virus was circling the globe. It was all the headlines. It was fear, fear, fear. And if I look back on that one year ago, I realize I wasn't really afraid of getting the virus. I don't know why it never really occurred to me that I might get it. <laughs> But I was afraid of something else. I was afraid, I think, if I'm really honest with you, we're going to do some deep psychology now. I was afraid, I think, of losing control. I felt out of control when businesses were closing, when schools were closing, when we made the painful decision not to worship inside this beautiful building behind me. Everything was shifting so fast, I was out of control. That's one of the main fears any of us actually feel, if we're being honest. It's losing control. I felt that a year ago. It felt like the earth beneath my feet was shifting. I see a couple of nodding heads. Some people can resonate with that fear. But even before the pandemic, there were many things that our hearts could find fearful it's been said that the fear of public speaking is the number one fear that we face. Have you heard that before? The fear of public speaking? I'm not so sure. I think actually what the fear of public speaking is actually pointing towards is something deeper than that. I think it's probably the fear of rejection. Because public speaking isn't that hard. You just stand up and talk. We know how to do that in front of people. That's not that fearful, but what's really fearful is the idea that I might make a huge mistake or get exposed somehow in front of you and you're all going to laugh at me. That's rejection. That's humiliation. That's the fear under the fear of public speaking. We all know what it feels like to be rejected because we live in a sinful world. Maybe we remember being rejected 
by our favorite college when we made the applications. We really wanted to get in, and they said, there's no room for you here. That's rejection. Maybe you've been rejected by a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a parent or your young adult kids or your boss who fired you at some point. Rejection happens to all of us, and it's a terrible feeling, and we walk around fearing that it might happen again. So I've just named two fears, loss of control, rejection. Above all, probably many of us fear deep down the fear of of death. We fear death. I don't necessarily really fear fear death. It doesn't really occur to me to be fearful of that. But when I think about what precedes death, there's usually a lot of pain and discomfort and illness. I'm not too excited about that. I'm a little worried about that. So we're doing some deep psychology here this morning. What are the things that kind of come up when we think what we are fearful of in this world? I've just named three. Loss of control. Rejection. And pain and death. Can you imagine living without fear of those things? Can you imagine that? It's hard even to get there in your mind, but that is the promise. That's what's being offered. And we're going to look at these two women through the rest of their story this morning to find out how they began to live without fear of those things, what happened to them and who they encountered. So let's continue the story. We're in verse two. Behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. An angel appears in this dark cemetery where fear is the headline. Suddenly this angel appears, and this is the first clue that we might see how we might live without fear or with less fear because we see in this angel descending onto the scene, we see that there is something greater than our fearful situations. This moment in the story is what we might call divine intervention. It's the beginning of divine intervention in the story, just knowing that there's something greater than the situation that we might be feeling fear about. That's a good indicator that we might have less fear, knowing that there is something greater than our fears. That's what this angel indicates, at least for the women. They understand that this is the beginning of the rescue. This is the beginning of the solution. The Roman guards don't fare so well. Let's look at what happens with them in verse 5. Verse 4, actually. For fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Can you picture that? I know I'm a pastor, I'm supposed to take everything really seriously, but I find this kind of hilarious. These big, tough Roman soldiers and all of their armor and all of their toughness, and this angel appears, and they tremble and become like dead men. I'm sure they were fine later in the day, but I think this is funny, especially because when we consider how the women reacted when this angel appeared, they seemed to be just fine. Another example in the Bible of women coming through like true champions and heroes of the story. The women we know, I don't know if they're still on their two feet, but at least they haven't fainted like these big tough soldiers have. Verse 6, or verse 5, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. 
For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. The words of the angel are the second indicator of how we might live with less fear. Did you notice his wonderful, comforting words? Do not be afraid, for I know. I know. The angel is representing the voice of God to these women. I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. God knows. Those situations that we fear, those tremblings of the heart, God knows. God sees our situation. Maybe somebody here just needs to know that today. You're going through something that's stirring up fear in your heart. God knows. God knows. But there's even more. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has risen As he said, come see the place where he lay. He's not here for he has risen. Just the presence of the angel indicates to us that there's something greater than our fearful situations. But if this is true, that he has risen, then we discover that there is someone greater than our fears. There is someone greater than our fears. Now, I've got to tell you about Uncle Doug. Uncle Doug is my brother-in-law. He lives in Alaska. My children refer to him as Uncle Doug. Uncle Doug is an Alaskan man. He's a man's man. He hunts bears in the woods. He hunts moose in the woods. He has all the right weapons necessary to hunt bears and moose in the woods. And when he doesn't have the right weapons, he knows how to construct them out of his bare hands. I'm serious. I was in Michigan with him one time. We were just having a normal day getting ice cream cones at the ice cream stand. And he saw in the woods a certain kind of tree that he knew he needed to construct uh, this weapon called an addle addle. Anybody ever heard of that? I'm looking at a bunch of men in granite. You don't know what an addle addle is. I didn't know what it was. He got this wood. He constructed this thing. It's this ancient tool that you can actually hunt beasts with. This is my brother-in-law, Doug. This is Uncle Doug. There's a running joke in my household that if civilization ever collapses, we just all got to go get near Uncle Doug. He'll know what to do. I'm scared of the woods. I don't know how to hunt things in the woods. My idea of bringing home food for the family is opening up the grocery store app on my iPhone. (laughs) My kids know we got to go be near Uncle Doug. He'll know what to do. I agree with them. Because if I'm with him, I have less to fear. If I'm with him, I have less to fear. I'm not talking about Uncle Doug anymore. If I'm with him, I have less to fear. Verse 9. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. Now let's consider for a moment what Jesus had just been through. And now he's standing there before these women, greeting them. What had Jesus just been through? Well, 
Jesus, on the Friday before this story, had just faced all the worst fears that any of us could ever face. I named a few of them at the beginning of this sermon, loss of control, rejection, and pain and death. Jesus went through all of that. Loss of control, that thing that I fear, that I feared so much one year ago when the whole world was changing. Oh no, I'm losing control. Jesus, when he was arrested, he surrendered control of his body. The night before when he prayed in the garden, he said, Father, not my will, but yours. See, he was surrendering. He was yielding control over to the will of the Father. And then Jesus, who Scripture says is the name above every name, meaning he's the authority of the whole universe. He ought to be the one in control, sovereign over every situation. This one, this Jesus, the name above all names, he yielded control over to the local authorities who wanted to do him harm. He lost control, see? He faced that fear. Rejection? He was despised by many. He was rejected. Almost everybody rejected him on the day. He was arrested and tried and beaten and mocked and hung. He was rejected. He was humiliated. He was stripped even when he looked up at the Father from the cross, he said, why have you forsaken me? See, Jesus faced the fear of being rejected. Why? So that we wouldn't have to be rejected, so that we might be forgiven. He was forsaken so that we could be forgiven. Pain, death, I won't describe for you the excruciating pain of crucifixion other than to say the Romans knew what they were doing. Jesus experienced such painful death. He faced those fears. In fact, he was crushed by those fears. But here he is on Sunday morning, verse 9. Behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. If I'm with him, I have less to fear. They took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. You see, Jesus faced and was crushed by all of the worst things we could ever fear. He, was, he faced them, he was crushed by them, and he defeated them when he walked out of the tomb. Amen. And if we're with him, Amen. we have less to fear. Before we conclude here, I want to make something really clear. I want to just remind us what the takeaway is here this morning. When you leave this place when you go off and relax and have lunch, you'll warm up a little bit. I see some shivering bodies. <laughs> when you warm up and have lunch and you talk about the sermon today, that's what you do, right? That's in my fantasy. You guys have lunch and you talk about the sermon. Yeah, yeah? okay, good, good, good. When you do that and you ask each other, what was the takeaway? What was the main point of that sermon? Don't say to each other, the main point was do not be afraid. 
do not be afraid. The main point is that if we're with him, we have less to fear. If we walk away from here thinking, okay, I'm going to try not to be afraid this week. The Bible says 366 times every day I'm going to be, do not fear, do not fear on Monday, do not fear on Tuesday. Well, if I know myself, I know you, and that's that fear will creep back up into our hearts if we just try to say, I'm going to not be afraid. But just like being with Uncle Doug, being with Jesus means you'll fear things less because he faced and was crushed by and defeated the worst things we could ever fear. So if we're with him, we'll have less to fear. He is risen. 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 Hallelujah.